Welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave, where we chat with amazing women within the worlds of sports, fitness, wellness, and business who aren't afraid to keep it real. Every week, we talk careers, relationships, and most importantly, the practice of self-care. Uncensored and unapologetic, you'll walk away from every episode with real-life takeaways and advice. No BS or fluff. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and I'm so glad you're here. Yes. <laughs> Episode four, you guys. Sorry, it's going to take me a while to have some chill on this. It's just so cool to finally be doing this podcast. Speaking of this podcast, I have been talking a little bit about my presence lately and making some pretty crazy, but now super obvious realizations about myself. So before I started my business, Rebellia, I had a couple of businesses and one was like mainly local. It was a marketing company. And the other, I was mostly writing. So I really had no problem like posting links to my articles and I was obviously helping people. I did not think twice about popping on a live to chat with my followers or do a Q&A and I posted all the time. I was on Snapchat video constantly. But when I started Rebellia, it's like I actively retreated, you know, like I think somewhere I was so scared that people would think I was only just trying to like get a sale and to make a buck. And that made me just stop. And so here's what I realized was wrong with that. One, that whole thing involved me caring about what other people think. I have built businesses, written articles, traveled, gotten married, lived my life without considering what other people thought. Why was I caring when it came to putting myself out there or being on social media? I wasn't being myself because I was worried other people would judge me. Uh, excuse my language, but what the fuck, Crystal? <laughs> like, what is that? And then the second thing I realized, and I think this is probably the worst thing to happen to come out of it, but I wasn't showing up for people. Like, here I was creating an entire company in order to serve women, to help them. I just wanted to make shopping for cute clothes that would actually fit their gorgeous muscular bodies better. And I was too afraid to show up for them because of what others would think. Like I just serviced myself and I just serviced a ton of women. So now I'm in the place of, you know what? I am just going to show up. I'm going to show up on my Instagram, on Facebook, on IGTV, on this podcast, in my self-love Sunday emails, every freaking place I can show up for you. I'm going to do it. And if people are going to judge me or if they have shit to say, well, then they either don't know me or they're just not my people. And that is okay. I am not here for everyone to like me. I am here to be here for the women that need me and my message because I need them too. And so if you're in this place where you're just like worried about, you know, posting shit you want to post or putting yourself out there because you're worried about what other people will think. Fuck those people. Just know and understand that there are people, even if it's one person, is going to hear your message and hear what you have to say and be like, yes, I needed this today. So don't take two years <laughs> of hiding to do it like I did. <laughs> okay, anyway, so let's talk about Mary. I adore Mary. Mary and I are members of an organization called the No Tribe. We're basically like grown-up business sorority sisters, if you will. 
The founder was so excited for us to meet because we just have a ton in common. And when I went out to Phoenix earlier this year, we met and I just fell in love with her. And I think you're all going to love her too. Mary Francis is a Colorado girl at heart who is currently based in the heart of the desert, Phoenix, Arizona. She has spent the last decade guiding people through their health and wellness journeys in one way, shape, or form. And she is passionate about helping others find their strength, not just physically, but in every other key area of their life as well. Fresh off a four-year career as a CrossFit gym owner and operator, she's ready to dive right back into the world of entrepreneurship and is actively working on starting her own gym. She has her bachelor's degree in exercise and wellness from ASU. She's a level two CrossFit certified, and she has her level one precision nutrition certification as well. Welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave, Mary. Hi. (laughs) So the first thing that we're going to do is we have this thing in the real Rebel Babe Cave. It's called Goals, Gratitude, and Badassery. So every week, our girls say what their goal is, what they're grateful for. And badassery is something that you are very proud of right now. Goals. Um, So in my intro, you said that I just came off a four-year career of a CrossFit gym. I literally fresh off, just sold that in April. So my goal to turn around and start my own gym sans business partners, um, that really helps the trainer, um, the people coaching the people to have a bigger impact, becoming a better coach. So it's not so much of like a grind and coaching from class to class to class to class, which a lot of people don't see that burnout. Um, because as a coach, you're on for your clients, right? You try not to come into a class with negative energy because you want your clients to have a great experience. But what I've noticed after 10 years in fitness is that it's a huge burnout. So my goal is to formulate a gym of sorts that helps really focus on the trainer and the love and care and TLC that they need in order just to sustain um, their passion while also making an impact and have it be the longevity of the career that they want to have. Badass. All right. (laughs) Gratitude. I, I mean, what's not to be grateful for? I have so many amazing, like, women in my life support system wise that I am forever grateful for the girlfriends that I have and the support system that I have. Um, especially through this process of taking this huge leap of faith and selling my portion of a gym and really not knowing exactly where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do or what I wanted to be when I grew up. And it's just about having these like conversations with other awesome business owners and entrepreneurs that has really like helped me solidify what I want to do, um, in the next, let's just call it a five-year plan. Cause who knows where we'll be in five years. Doesn't make sense to go much beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> and badassery. So why am I a badass? <laughs> have you seen me? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Just being able to have the faith in myself to know that I'm meant for more. Um, I think a lot of people settle and a lot of people stay in uncomfortable situations because the devil they know is better than the devil they don't. So I think it it took a lot of balls, for lack there of a better term, to make this huge leap of faith out of a business that I really did love, but I knew wasn't right for me. So that really gave me a lot of courage on the back end. 
to continue to like do big things. I think like for, you know, people like what you said, it was a business that you loved, but also, you knew it wasn't right for you. And I think that is so huge. You know, that's so hard because even in relationships, people will be in a relationship that they know isn't right for them. They love the person, but they know it's not right for them. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll stay. Um, and, and I think we do that so much in so many areas of our life. So it is pretty freaking badass that you're able to recognize that and still be able to let it go. Like that's huge. So I saw on your Instagram the other day, you'd made a post about how you used to be a guy's girl. Totally. And now, I mean, I would definitely categorize you as a woman's woman now, like for sure. I'm always seeing you pump up other women. You know, you have your manicured meatheads account, like you're showcasing other women constantly. Like I would never even think that you were a guy's girl. You know, I mean, I'm sure we all have it in us, but so when do you think, like, when did that change for you? Like, and how? It's funny. I can really pinpoint the exact like time. And it's when I started working on myself. So personal development wise, you made mention of like bad relationships that we stay in. And I am no stranger to doing things like that. I have done a complete 180 in my life from where I was just a mere four years ago to where I am now. And I think when I started putting time and effort into who I was as a person and personal development type stuff, things really started to shift for me because once I put out into the universe that I wanted to be a better person, that I wanted to level up, I started attracting the people that also wanted to do that. Right. And a lot of those people were women. Not to say that there's not a ton of guys in my life that also want to be better, but in the space that I'm in right now, the season I'm in in life, it just happens to be a ton of badass women, which I love because for the first 21, 22, 23 years of my life, I never had that. So it's almost like you didn't know what you were missing until it was, it's there. Right. And I just, it's an amazing space to be in, to have so much support and to be surrounded by so many awesome women who are constantly working on themselves and constantly leveling up and constantly going for these big goals because you don't want to get left behind. So it's almost like, well, I have to, I have to partake in this behavior too. Right. nothing wrong then with wanting to continually personally develop yourself. So long winded answer there, but 2016 really. So three years ago, I started um, my first personal development course, which was something called PSI. It's very similar to landmark. And after that, I just went crazy with, I think it was you who called me an event whore. (laughs) possible. But I just went crazy with filling my cup because I mean, I didn't get any of that growing up. No knock on my mom or my dad, but like it was very tumultuous childhood with lots of domestic violence and abuse. And like, I feel like I was just clawing at the surface to try to like continually keep my head above water. And I just didn't get poured into a whole lot. So I just went for it and was like, Oh my God, I love this. I need more and more and more. And through that, I have just built this amazing tribe of women. I think that's something you and I definitely have in common for sure. It's like the childhood and then like I don't, I could not pinpoint when it happened for me, but I definitely know that at some point there was a shift and it was like, what? Like, it's so awesome having women that like, 
<laughs> support you and that you can talk to or they get you. And I think a lot of that for me was, you know, I was very insecure at one point in my early 20s. And I would take that out on other women, like, and not always jealousy, but sometimes it was. And it was really just like what I was lacking. But I notice that now, like, if I don't like a woman, I always ask myself, is it like, am I jealous of her? Like, I will like do an inventory, like a personal inventory of, okay, am I just jealous? And like, <laughs> or is like, or am I getting a weird vibe? And, yeah. you know, if it is jealousy, then I will make a move to befriend her. I just posted about that on my Did Instagram. You? Because seriously, I totally relate to that. It's like, you're projecting whatever your insecurities are onto yeah. that and then you're like hateful of that person so there may be a legit reason as to like a gut instinct as to why you don't like that said right. individual but 90% of the time it's more something to do with you than it is with her and I love that you said you take an inventory because I do too it's, I feel like that's, it's so imperative to have self-awareness like that yeah in order to move forward Exactly. I don't think a lot of people understand like the importance of being so self-aware. I think it's easy to, to turn to the, I'm bad, or you think I'm wrong, or you think I'm bad instead of, okay, what, what is me here? How am I contributing negatively to this situation or this relationship? And I think if more people did that, I mean, it would be, <laughs> we'd all be getting along. That's for sure. <laughs> A lot better than we are. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what is, you've been in the gym, obviously, like you had a 10 year, a 10 year career in the gym. So you've had to have some like embarrassing moments or funny stories. So what is your most embarrassing moment in the gym or as like a business owner? <laughs> well, we'll go, we'll go in the gym first. Yeah. <laughs> I think learning, like, it's funny like from a coaching perspective to see new people like not have any like proprioception or for layman's terms, like body awareness, like where your body is in space. But I always have to remind myself that I was there at one point. And when I learn new things now, I'm still there. But I can remember when I was like year one in CrossFit and I was doing like ring dips, but I didn't have the upper body strength to do them fully. So I was using a band and that band completely like snapped out of where I was holding it, which was my foot and hit me straight in the face. <laughs> entire class of people and they didn't have any ice and I had this huge like welt on my face so I had to ice my face with a beer can (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a good one (laughs) it was I I really learned how to handle a band then yeah yeah that great learning point (laughs) I bet after that there was uh (laughs) yeah Oh, that's so funny. As a business owner, I mean, there's so many faux pas that I can look back on. And I don't want to say faux pas in the sense that it was necessarily a bad thing, because I think whenever something happens that's quote unquote bad, you have to take stock in it and take Mm -hmm. a step back. Just like you talked about with taking inventory of how you're feeling. Like you have to look at that situation and not beat yourself up, but say, what can I learn from this? So like, One of the moments that sticks out for me so much, and I'll try to make this a short story because there's a lot that went into it. Whenever you have a community and CrossFit is particularly close, like you get the same people in the same hours 
class after class after class and they build this relationship and this bond with one another. And that could be detrimental at times. For instance, we had a couple at the gym that broke up based on the fact that the husband was cheating with another person from class. Mm. I mean, it hit me like a ton of bricks because we only experience like upswings. We experience like friendships being formed and you would see people go doing things together. It was never like a negative thing. So I took it very hard. And when all like the dust settled, the girl that the husband was cheating with continued to come to the gym I thought that she might see her way out on her own because of just the sensitivity of the situation because he left and the wife left. So I had to sit her down and tell her that we were no longer a fit for one another because so many other people in the gym were very uncomfortable with her being there, rightfully so. So I, I honestly felt like I was her mom and I had to sit her down and say, listen, your personal life is none of my business. Um, you can gallivant wherever you'd like. However, when it starts to affect my actual business is when I feel like I have to step in. And unfortunately, I don't think we're a right fit for one another anymore. Well, that backfired because it was a female having a conversation with another female about a sensitive topic. And she left and went and just told everyone that I called her a whore and that whores weren't allowed in my gym and just cursed my name up and down. And I basically got like ran over by the bus, thrown out, backed up. And that, I mean, for about three or four months, I had to deal with um, the backfire of, of just having a conversation that needed to be had from a business owner perspective, right. someone who clearly wasn't able to process a deep conversation like that and understand the repercussions of her actions. So she needed to blame it on somebody else. And that affected my business and my personal life just because it was like very emotionally draining. But the big lesson that I learned from that one was that Sometimes you can't have sensitive conversations one-on-one. You need to have a male presence in the room so that somebody else is there as witness to what was actually said and what wasn't said. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, and that's kind of, I feel like a given for like, if you're having an employee to, you know, conversation as someone's boss, but like, you know, you wouldn't think as like a member or a customer or something, you know, that you could not just have a conversation, but It was a situation. (laughs) How did you handle that mentally? Like if someone, you know, someone's coming at you and for months, you're just kind of like dealing with it and you're struggling with, you know, the business side and the personal side and and what's being said. Like, how did you like take that and just like, like, what did you do with that? One of my core values is integrity. I have been on the other side of integrity, meaning that I probably didn't have any at one point in my life. Preach girl, been there. (laughs) We all have. There's there's, there's been points for everybody where they have put their toe over the line. Some of us ran right across that line and never looked back, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like as I started to discover who I was as an adult and who I wanted to be and who I wanted to show up as, integrity kept popping up for me. Like... I had to stick with the decision that I felt was right based on the feedback that I was getting from 80% of the gym. And I knew if I didn't handle it, uh, that the repercussions would be worse on the back end. Like we would lose more members than we needed to lose because people were uncomfortable. I also knew that it was a really 
it's different for guys than it is for girls. Like I saw this situation from a mile away. The second I heard that it happened, I said, guys, like, this isn't going to be good. And they kind of laughed it off. It was kind of, uh, they were sad for the breaking up of the pair and the marriage that was ending, but it was kind of like a joke to them. And it wasn't a joke to me because females have different intuitions than guys do. It's just, they do. And so after, I don't know, it was like a month of just kind of putting my ear to the ground and getting, I didn't make a snap decision but listening to other people's opinions and what they had to say and how they were feeling about it, I made the final call to ask this girl to leave. And as hard as it was, and as much like beratement as I got and like people's negative emotions, I felt like I was everyone's scapegoat. I had to stick with my intuition and my integrity in that situation. Cause it was like, I didn't do anything wrong. So I just had to tell myself, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I did what was right for the business. So if we lost, you know, 10 members in the long run, I think we would have lost a lot more had it not been handled the way it was handled. Totally. Yeah. I mean, cause then you might have members who feel like, well, what if she goes after my husband and, you know, I mean, and then you have like the rumor mill and just negativity and squash that. Yeah. <laughs> It was hard, but worth it on the back end. Yeah. Ugh. That's <laughs> like, that's a yeah. time. That's that, was, that was the first one that popped into my head. I know. Like, oh, that's shitty. So as a fitness person, like being a gym owner and having fitness be such a big part of your identity, I know you talked about burnout and whatnot. Like, do you feel like all of that adds like an extra layer of pressure to just existing really like I've gone back and forth with that I feel like time is such a funny thing and we put these pressures on ourselves to have certain things done at a certain time and a lot of that is society Um, I feel like we're in a day and age where a lot of people are kind of waking up quote unquote Mm. like things are different for this generation for me and you it was like you know be born, go to preschool, elementary school, middle school, high school, then go to college. Like this is what you're supposed to do. And this is when you're supposed to do it. And as soon as you graduate college, you should have a job and, you know, start pursuing a relationship and create a family and all of that stuff. And I feel like we're finally in a day and age where that's not necessarily how you have to go about doing it anymore. So pressure wise, I feel like the only pressure that I have is the pressure I put on myself. Um, And I'm trying really hard not to do that because I don't know exactly how I want this whole thing to shake out. But I know I have the appropriate intentions when it comes to starting my next venture. So no, to answer your question, other than the days where I'm like putting it on myself which I try to catch. Right. What about the pressure to be fit all the time and perfect? Do you put that on yourself or do you feel like that's like an exterior thing that comes along? (laughs) That's hard. That's hard in and of itself. Because as a fitness professional and a nutrition coach, you definitely feel like you should have it all together. Like you should have the answers I'll never forget when somebody told me I should stop shooting myself. (laughs) 
cute little phrase. Um, shooting yourself. <laughs> shooting yourself. Um, but at the end of the day, like I'm still a human. I'm definitely not like an emotionless robot. So I still have the same like breakdowns. I think that other people have, I just feel like I'm at a place where I recognize it a little bit more. Like if I'm emotional and I'm hungry, quote unquote, like I'm going to want to eat a whole pizza where if I'm just hungry, I'm going to look at what my macros are for the day and I'm going to fit my meals into that. So I think there's a point where I have to just stop and ask myself like what my end goal is and what I'm doing and if there's a better outlet for my emotions. But no, I don't necessarily feel like I need to have a six pack or, you know, be a game style athlete because that in and of itself is unrealistic. And I feel like the clients I'm trying to attract or the people that I want to work with are your everyday average Joe and to force that on them is unrealistic to tell Jane who has a nine to five job with overtime and two kids that she has to take to school and pick up from band practice that she should have everything perfect and have a six pack is such a turnoff for that client. Yeah. And it's just, like I said, it's very unrealistic. And what people don't see behind the scenes of all of these Instagram personalities is everyone they have working for them that take those responsibilities like out of the picture. So meals are prepped. Somebody's helping you with your recovery. Somebody's doing your programming. Like it just, it's unrealistic. I guess that's my word for that. (laughs) Unrealistic. Well, I think that, I mean, uh, having unrealistic expectations on, I guess like the whole, I hate the word balance. I hate it, but it comes up all the time and I'm always being asked and women are always asking, how do I balance? How do I balance? And I really don't think there's like one single answer across the board for I mean, what my balance is, is not going to look like what yours is. And, and what mine is right now, isn't going to look the same in like six months. So having all of that together, you know, the meal prep and the going to work and coming home and the kids and stuff, I think is sometimes you're just going to do the best you can. Oh, totally. Yeah. But then these are women who see other women and are like, I need that. Like I need that six pack, you know? So which six to me, I'm like six packs equal hunger. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've been in fitness for 10 years and I've never had a six pack. I may have had a two pack at one point, but never. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like, wouldn't that be cute? And then it's like, I don't want to deal with things too much. Uh, and I feel like that's such a deeper issue in talking about the women who see all of the other women. And we talk about comparison and jealousy and envy and all of those things that just eat away at you. Like you're not doing enough. Yeah. Because you are. And what you said about balance is balance is whatever works for you in order to get everything that you need to be done in a day. Right. So I feel like that's a, a different conversation about like, okay, if that triggers something in you, how do you hit the unfollow button? Like how right. do you make that detachment and say, okay, I can't follow this girl anymore because it's bringing up some shit in me that is, is hindering my day. It's hindering how I go about my life. It's hindering what I think about myself. And that's hard because that goes back to the self-awareness conversation. Yeah. I think following people, like I had to unfollow someone because it was like almost every single post was like, 
I see the victory or whatever. Like basically they always believed in themselves. They always saw everything that they wanted to do through. They always accomplished their goals, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't find this inspirational. Like I no longer find it inspirational because I'm over here working my ass off and I'm just seeing how perfect you are and how perfect you say you are. And it's, not something I can do. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm yeah. not important. Like that, you don't need that person in your life. That person's not thinking about you. So why are you thinking right. about that? Person? Exactly. I've told people to unfollow me. I'm like, if at any point you start to compare yourself to me or, or it bought like anything I post bought, I'm like, unfollow me. Like you don't need that shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not going to hurt my feelings. That's for sure. <laughs> so I have been seeing you on other podcasts and you've been speaking, you've been talking a lot about this concept of failing forward, which I think yeah. is a fancy little spin on, on the old conversation about failure. Like, I feel like me personally, like I feel like I'm immune to failure, but not, not in the sense of like where I don't fail. It's more of like, no, I feel like all the time. I just feel like I'm unfazed by it at this point. It's just kind of like, all right, well, it's Tuesday, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm kind of interested in what your take, like, obviously, like, you don't have to go into a whole speech, but you know, about your concept of failing forward. Is that something you feel like you're actively doing? Like, do you feel like you're failing right now or that you failed so that's why you're talking about it. I have failed. Have I failed? Um, I don't feel like I'm actively seeking failure right now. I do like to try to put myself in situations where I'm a noob and I'm not necessarily going to succeed right away right. Uh, outside of the comfort zone. I think taking this leap from the gym really helped me see like it was like an existential moment. It was cool just to see like how the last 10 years or 15 years of my life really came together to get me where I am right now. And where I am right now is by no means like super successful monetarily, but I feel like I am the most successful I've ever been just based on the fact that I know exactly who I am and now what I'm working towards. Like what kind of value can I add to this world? And a lot of that happened through failing and tripping over myself and falling flat on my face. But in the, at the time, like I didn't see it like that because I feel like just like you're supposed to do certain things by a certain time. Like if you fucked up, like, I mean, it was known and people made you feel bad about it. And like, I'm disappointed in you and your actions and your behaviors. And I get that in a way, but it's like, instead of having that like daunting conversation about what somebody did wrong, how can we spin that conversation and say, okay, well this happened. Let's figure out why it happened. Let's figure out what we can learn from it and how we can take that lesson and move forward with it now, instead of just sitting there and like thinking about it and replaying it in your head over and over and over again, because the human body doesn't understand time. So if I'm in a bad situation and something bad is happening to me, like right then and there, like my fight or flight response is going to happen. If I am a year down the road and I continue to replay that situation in my head, 
My body doesn't know the difference between when it happened and what I'm thinking about right at that very moment in time. So what I'm doing is continuing to trigger the response, the stress response. And I just feel like that's so counterintuitive to moving forward. So if you're always thinking about that thing that you did that was bad and you failed and, oh my God, I'm such a failure, it just snowballs into this thing that you hold on to and it becomes a habit. And I mean, we can go down the rabbit hole of that conversation forever, but it's just so counterintuitive to growth and leveling up and being able to use your mistakes as your message and moving forward and learning and growing. I just see, I feel like women especially just love to like flog themselves, you know, like repeatedly over time. And it's like, oh my God, like you're never going to be happy. Like, cause they just see this other thing that they have to get to, to be happy. But it's like, until you forgive yourself and like, let that shit go, you're not going to be able to move forward. You're not going to be able to find whatever that little like thing, hoop that you have to feel like you have to jump through in order to be happy. Like it's not going to happen until you stop kicking the shit out of yourself for some, you know, I mean, we've all done things. I feel like I am a prime example of having done horrible things. And like, now I'm like, I can't, if I live in that, you know, something that happened 10 years ago or whatever, like, how can I ever be happy? Yeah. Not realistic. Well, and it's like the conundrum of if I lose 10 pounds, I'll be happy. If I get that other certification, I'll be ready. If I just finish school, I'll be smart enough. It's like never enough. And you're right. Like you have to be satisfied with the person that you are, regardless of all the external things that you need for validation, because you don't need those things. You need to be happy with yourself and who you are as an individual, what your core values are, how you show up in this world, regardless of anyone or anything that is external. Right. And it's not saying you can't have goals. Like, obviously, if you don't have goals, like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, like, obviously, you're going to have goals still. But if you let that like that 10 pounds, right, if you have that 10 pound goal, most of us, you know, once we get there, we're never really there, because then we want to tweak something else, we want to change something else. So having that understanding that, hey, I have this goal I want to accomplish, and it doesn't define me as a person, but it is something I want to achieve and not attaching it to your self worth is huge. Yeah, that's a super good point. Being very objective towards your goals versus subjective towards them. Right. So we have some questions straight from the Rebel Babe Cave. I asked them. Yes. I asked them if they had any questions for you. So we have, we have a few. So along the lines of failure, this kind of runs into it. So when you failed terribly at something, what got you out of the effort negative headspace and gave you that motivation and drive to turn it around instead of running for the hills or quitting? I mean, don't get me wrong. I probably did run to the hills and I probably did quit because that mindset didn't happen overnight. It wasn't like I failed. And then the next day I was like, I'm ready to go again. No, I mean, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I, the majority of my twenties were a pretty much a huge failure. So I think just continuing to put one foot in front of the other When you feel like you've already hit rock bottom and there's not a whole lot of other places to go, you really can't go anywhere but up. 
So I think just taking one step at a time, there's no point in trying to make a 10 year plan at that point in time when you're so deep in it. It's like, okay, what can I do to get to tomorrow? What can I do just to get past this situation? And for me, like I got a DUI right when I turned 21. Um, and it wasn't just a normal DUI. Like I got into a car accident. It was really bad. I owed the state of Arizona, like $30,000. And as a 21 year old, I was like, well, $30,000 hairs, huh? Like what, how do I do this? No idea. So one bad decision followed by another bad decision, which was getting a job at the only place that I knew that I could make $30,000, which was a strip club. So I literally spent the next six years of my life cocktail waitressing at a strip club, which the last time I checked, you don't meet the greatest people there. Everyone's in it for themselves. Everyone's looking for their next dollar, their next dinner, their next score, whatever it is. So, I mean, I think I was lucky that I went into that industry and got to see like the worst of the worst people and know that if I didn't clean up my act, that I would end up being one of those people for the rest of my life. So that was almost like a scare tactic for me because of that. I went right back to school. I mean, I was a cocktail waitress at night and a student by day. And I think the dream, (laughs) the dream, putting myself back in school was one of the major steps to putting myself around people who wanted more for their life. And that helped. Really? That's Yeah. That's a good answer. All right. What was your biggest challenge being a co-owner? In your experience, how is co-owning beneficial? Biggest challenge is working with other personalities and learning how to, I don't want to say mesh your personalities or make them similar because it's beneficial to have different viewpoints, um, especially concerning money and how to run a business. But that was definitely the biggest contention point as well. My business partners challenged me and that was great. But at the end of the day, I felt like I was less of a business partner and more of a minion. One of my business partners was, I think, 20 years my senior. So he felt that he had more experience in business and in life. And that gave him an excuse to kind of boss me around and really feel like it was his way or the highway. So when I stopped feeling like I was being challenged and I was more just pissed off that I didn't have a say in the way the business was being ran, even though it was my face that people knew it was me who people were coming to. Um, I was the customer service person. I was crowd facing. Then I, I knew it wasn't for me anymore. I knew that coaching was still for me, but in that sense, it wasn't. So it's beneficial in the fact that it's really hard to wear every single hat. Cause if you take a gym, for instance, you have to do advertising and marketing. You have to coach, you have to take leads, you have to clean toilets, mm-hmm. you have to program. Like there's so many things that you have to do. You might as well just sleep at the gym because you're never going to leave. So it's beneficial to be able to divvy up tasks to people so they can play their strengths because I wasn't advertising and marketing. That's not a strength of mine, but I am customer service and I am very people oriented. So I was a good head coach and a general manager, but as far as the other things went, I didn't really feel like I was good at those. So it was nice to be able to divvy up responsibilities. Do you think you would like have partners again, like in your next venture or are you looking to do that solo? 
Um, I would, but there needs to be like an incubation period, almost like if you're wanting to get in the dating scene, you're going to date somebody before you marry them. It's a sexless marriage. I mean, you know, I mean, the closest thing you get to sex in your marriage is money in this business relationship. So there can be, if you're not making money, which you're not going to for a little bit, generally, there's going to be tension. And that's a real like understatement. It was a real ugly divorce too. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a couple, I've had a couple of those. I'm telling you, I've had, I had two male partners at one point and I had two female partners at one point and I, it probably scared me away from business partners unless you're, unless you're dropping millions of dollars at my feet and totally embrace my vision. Well, and I think (laughs) there's obviously steps that you need to take before starting again. So it's like, the appropriate paperwork, what's the exit strategy, what's your operating agreement, like things need to be put in place before you start again. So those are all valuable lessons that I learned that I didn't know because this was my first business. Right. There was no exit strategy. There was a clause that said, oh, partner A could get bought out from partner B and C and we will pay partner A set amount of money. No, lawyers had to get involved and operating agreement had to be, you know, one that was formulated a year into the partnership had to be combed through and it was a headache for sure. Yeah. That's a tough lesson. That is a tough, tough and expensive lesson for sure. Yes, it was. I got dumped by my first partners. They were my clients and they were my partners. So they, yeah, I basically got the, Hey, your last paycheck is in two weeks. We don't think we're going to need you anymore. Oh, BT dubs. You own the whole company. We'll sign it over to you. And I was like, <laughs> yeah like I owned a shell like because I wasn't allowed to bring on anyone else in that whole year so it was like a shell I owned a shell so what would it even matter at that point you know so it is definitely having that like almost like a prenuptial agreement yeah it is totally you I mean I I can think of no better example to relate it to than dating like you're not just gonna marry somebody right away you're just right. that, that's silly unless you're on a reality TV show, but you have to date beforehand, do projects together see if the way you work together would work well in the long run. Right. And I think a lot of the times too, and especially in, you know, business relationships, um, I mean, in dating as well, you know, if you don't have any sort of conflict to like resolve or work through, like you don't know how you'll work through it when you have, you know, when that happens. So it's like, everything could be awesome for, a good stretch of time until some shit hits the fan. And then it's like, okay, how do people respond when they're in that fight or flight or when, you know, shit's going down? Mm -hmm. Is this person going to like, you know, drag you down to the depths of hell with them? Or are you going to be able to have candid, hard conversations and work through it? Well, and one of the best pieces of advice that I've gotten from a business coach is the more hard conversations you have, the better you will be at having hard conversations. And that is a skill that everyone should have because we've all been in one of those conversations that's like your palms are sweaty. You're, I mean, yeah. you don't want to have this conversation because you know that in the mix of it, it's not going to be fun. And yeah. 
obviously life isn't all fun, but I have found now like through these last four years and dealing with some hard conversations that I have such an easier time bringing up hard conversations and just kind of hitting it head on. Cause it's like no bullshit anymore. It's like, mm-hmm. there's an end goal. I want to get to that end goal. I don't have emotions attached to it. How do we work through this? Right. Right. And that, I think that's hard for some people to do, you know, I mean, in general, but in business to separate their emotions from it. Just kind of like, I'm not saying you're bad. I'm saying this didn't work. <laughs> well, and feedback is always hard for people to take. Yeah. But what I feel like people don't realize about feedback is the person giving you the feedback wouldn't give you that feedback if they didn't care to see you grow. They wouldn't right. say anything at all. Right. That's a really good point. Because there's definitely people that I'd like, you know, when you just like don't care about someone, you're like, I'm not going to go out of my way to be, hey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Hey, you need to, you should probably work on this or this is like, you know, but if you care about someone, you're going to reach out and be like, Hey, listen, I think maybe you should take a look at this. Yeah, exactly. I like it. So I like to end on a quote. So tell me like, is there a quote that like right now is speaking to you or is there anything that you've heard recently or just kind of like one that you live by that you can end us with? And there's so many good quotes. I have um, the five minute journal and I utilize it pretty much every day when I remember to utilize it. And there's so many good quotes in there. I think one of the last ones that I read was a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. I love that. Basically just obviously saying that you don't lose anything by giving to other people. Like it doesn't take anything away from you. And I just, I feel like that's such an integral part of society and helping other people grow that it's, it resonates. I love that. Love it. So tell people where they can find you and keep up with what you're doing. Right now I am big on Instagram. That's one of my favorite social media platforms at manicured meatheads. And then I have a landing page for this gym that I would like to in the next, you know, couple of months. Um, and that is the fitness co co. So if you are interested in happenings or what I'm up to, um, in regards to my fitness space, you can totally pop your email into that little system there and I'll be sending out newsletters and updates and whatnot. Awesome. I'll be stalking that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's fun to be like refreshed on an idea and like feel like you can make a difference in other people's lives. Totally. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much Mm -hmm. for chatting with me today and coming. You're now official member of the Rebel Babe Cave. (laughs) It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rebel Babe Cave. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe and we'd love it if you left a review. See you next week.